Seems to me you're just plain scared. Yes. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. What do we do? He's been here once tonight. I think he'll come back. I'm gonna wait for him. I still think I should notify the radio and television. No. If you do that, they'll see him on every street corner. They'll look for him in every house. Just tell your men to keep their mouths shut and their eyes open. I'll check back in an hour. Welcome to the Everyday is Halloween podcast. As always, I'm your host, Horror Guy Keenan, here to bring you some spooks, thrills, chills, and so much more for this 2021 Halloween season. We're back. It's happening. Can you guys believe we actually have a Halloween this year? Pretty excited. Uh, rather than putting this episode out a little bit earlier in the year, uh, I was getting a lot of art done on the Etsy page, uh, so I was kind of a little busy, but I wanted to make sure you guys got an episode, and I thought, how great would it be to do it on friday the day before uh the Halloween weekend that's happening this year halloween falls on a sunday so i thought it'd be pretty cool to let you guys listen while you're getting ready and uh getting your spooky things up and uh parties going so without further ado let's get things started rob zombie just released pictures from his set out in uh hungary uh, from the monsters yes rob zombie's directing the monsters if you're uh just new to the show obviously i talk about it pretty much every single show but uh it's a very exciting thing for me as i'm a huge rob zombie and a huge monsters fan uh we got our first look at the characters themselves sherry moon zombie portraying uh lily monster uh jeff daniel phillips portraying herman monster and daniel roebuck a comedian playing uh grandpa uh i think they look great these uh, outfits and the makeup jobs look really good on them. I know a lot of people are being a little critical about Sherry Moon Zombie's wig, saying it looked like a party uh, city wig. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's half black, half white. Maybe they'll fix it. You know, that's a, it's a good time to, um, you know, get real feedback from people whenever you put something like that out there. So uh, it's, it's filming. The house looks great. The neighborhood looks wonderful. Uh, I guess now what we're waiting for is some kind of tone to the to the film i mean there's only been monsters go home that i remember being a universal big picture uh, everything else has been the tv show or adaptations 
So seeing the monsters being brought back to film will be interesting alone, let alone the entire cast being recast. And adding a whole new story to it. And what better way to get one from Rob Zombie of all people? I mean, he is probably the biggest monsters fan in Hollywood, I'd imagine. And perfect to head this thing up. Uh, will it be redneckified? I'd really hope not. I don't think it will be. I think Rob Zombie is going to try and pay homage to this. He's done Lords of Salem, which was also had nothing to do with a redneck theme. Uh, so the guy's got the chops for it. I'm pretty excited for it. I can't wait to see more from this production. Uh, if you'd like to check the, the picture out, I'll make sure to have it on the social media pages. The stop motion wizard Henry Selick, yes, the director behind Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline, is working with Netflix on a new film called Wendell and Wild. Uh, Key and Peel, or as you know, Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peel, will be playing uh, the two characters. Jordan Peel helping uh, Henry Selick write this one. Uh, the two will be working and putting this one out on 2022 on Netflix. So really love seeing a stop motion uh, animation come to streaming services. And this looks like to be something if you are a stop motion fan to be on the top of your list because Coraline and Never Before Christmas is like the best stop motion films out there. Honestly, uh, I'm very excited about this one. Can't wait. Looks like your childhood new millennia toys or dolls, I should say, are getting a, a horror movie uh, revamp. Uh, those of you that are fans of Monster High dolls, it looks like the Gremlins are coming. Gremlins 2 specifically, the uh, crazy green looking green girl uh, Gremlin is getting her own Monster High doll, which comes with their own gizmo. Uh, very much prettier than the uh, one in the Gremlins 2, I will say. Uh, but they they look so fun, uh, and it's really cool for fans that were you know fans of those dolls that you can get something new. On top of that, looks like there's also going to be from the Bratz dolls Jennifer Bodies Bratz. So that's going to be uh, Jennifer and uh, her friend and Anna Seyfried's character are both getting t uh, two dolls for that. So I think that's that's kind of neat for for fans that are like you know now old enough. They're like, oh, I'm gonna get my kids these toys and the. They don't know the underlining reasons of why they're so amazing, but they're so amazing. Yeah, pretty neat stuff. The developers behind the Evil Dead game that's coming out sometime next year is also working on a Quiet Place game as well. I find this pretty interesting as it definitely lends itself really well to a video game environment where you have to sneak around and make sure you don't disturb the monsters that are living around and within the world. Um, this will be a very interesting concept. Uh, not a lot of it's really been announced other than it is being worked on and we're probably gonna see it sometime next year. So that's two games uh, from this uh, the, the company, the dev team behind those uh, horror properties. And it's really cool to see more horror properties uh, getting the longevity in these uh, video games, you know, the multiplayer um, games that people play throughout, you know, uh, the week rather than just like a one time, one story, one and done kind of thing. Uh, yeah. What a weird little little bit of news to come out, but interesting nonetheless. We saw our first trailer for the new Resident Evil film hitting Netflix very, very soon. Uh, people are in question, that's for sure. It definitely has uh, a lot of the tone from the original Resident Evil game starring Chris, Jill, uh, and Wesker and Barry entering the mansion. Uh, a little bit of Lisa is thrown in there as well. Uh, so it's cool to see a film that's actually like cares about the original Capcom storyline and properties rather than having Alice be this like psychic superhero thing that 
kind of just took its own story off and, and went with it. Um, but that means, uh, you know, you're going to have fans that are going to be questionable at the casting. So far, everyone thinks Leon looks a lot like Carlos. Um, I haven't heard uh, too many amazing things about Jill or Claire. Um, but, you know, let's let's not judge until it's out. Uh, again, like I said, we're getting the mansion. It looks like we're getting a little bit of Resident Evil 2 with the uh, Raccoon Police Department on fire. And even uh, Code Veronica in here a little bit as well. So that's pretty cool that we're already getting some of the best Resident Evil games inside this film. Let's just pray to God that it is good. Because, man, I can't stand another re bad Resident Evil property that would just that would hurt me. Meanwhile, the games are doing great. So far, all the games that have come out have been stellar. So, I mean, keep keep it amazing where it lies, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll see. Some of you might know Sam Richardson from his comedy series Detroiters or on I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Uh, he will be starring in Hocus Pocus 2. Yes, we've got word that he will be showing up somewhere, somehow in Hocus Pocus 2. Pretty excited about this one. I just saw Kathleen Lajimi at uh, Spooky Empire uh, just recently and uh, she's sweet as ever, making sure she was definitely staying uh, COVID safe and not getting too close to fans, uh, obviously because you're under a Disney contract for a very big Disney film and you know, you don't wanna, you don't wanna ruin those kind of things. So uh, we're really excited about Hocus Pocus 2 here and uh, it's been filming right now in uh, Salem, Massachusetts. I've seen the walls going up. Some of my friends, Aluna Moon Gothic and other uh, folk from Salem have been checking out the location almost every single day while it's shooting and i think it's pretty pretty amazing that they started in october you know they could have uh, easily just shot this any time of the year and kind of you know throw fake leaves on the ground like carpenter did with the original halloween no they are keeping it authentic in salem in october how cool is that i think it's like dark it's under the name dark flame or something like that it's filming but you know it's it's hocus pocus too anyways yes yeah, sam Richardson's is going to be in in the movie and it's starting to get a little bit beefier i'm getting getting excited super stoked uh and of course spirit stores all over this year have had tons of hocus pocus items and disney plus has been laying in on the movie hardcore so i think 2022 is the year of the sanderson sisters and i cannot wait all right, that's it for news, everybody. Uh, we're going to keep things moving because it is the Halloween 2021 special and we got a lot of jam-packed stuff going. So we're going to do convention coverage right now, starting with Megacon 2021. That's right, Megacon 2021 was earlier this year. I had a lot of fun out there. They invited me in the podcast out to check out some things. We saw some really cool dealers, uh, some wonderful artists, and just all around really cool people. Now, granted, this was around the time when COVID was hitting really, really big. Um, so it was, you know, if you want to come, just make sure you wear your mask uh, and just try and be safe. A lot of uh, guests sadly canceled this show. Uh, it was kind of a kind of a ghost town for celebrities, which uh, rightfully so. It, it was kind of a scary time to want to come out to a show. Some people did. William Shatner was there, obviously, right before he went to space. He made sure to stop by uh, Mega Convention Center. Right. And then that was right before he went to um, the Star Trek experience show uh, out in Las Vegas. Um, but yeah, so there was a lot of really cool people out here. One person I definitely want to bring up was Spooky Kisses. They invited her out. She has a lot of really cool horror-themed uh, items on her table. She does a lot of horror art. There's stuff from Beetlejuice, 
from uh, I think Halloween 3 she has stuff on just really cool stuff so make sure to go check out her stuff on her Etsy page and that is basically Spooky Kisses look that up I think it's www.spookykisses.com super cool really neat stuff there was one that was uh, I think it was uh, the ghost face and he had a bunch of uh, blood all over the place with the phone cords and corn syrup it was really good I love that piece a lot there wasn't a lot of too much horror presence though uh, i'd like to see more of that next year hopefully going forward there were some uh, uh really cool people who brought like stranger things like they had their own demogorgon and ghostbuster uh stamp of marshmallow man and things like that so you can find horror stuff at megacon and i always try to focus on that stuff and let you guys know that even though it is a multi-genre convention there is there's that horror element always there uh but of course because of covid it kind of killed a lot of things this year so let's hope for next year let's hope that the, the megacon steps it up with the spookiness and i can't wait next up we're looking at dragon con out in atlanta this happened labor day weekend out here in atlanta georgia i will say it is my favorite convention every single year to go to there is nothing like it out there it is geeky gras like mardi gras but geeky gras um, this one happened a little bit later, so the COVID was still kind of a thing, but, you know, people were, you know, still staying masked up, which I really appreciate it. And you had to have a, um, a vaccine card with you. You had to get a vaccine card, show proof that you were, uh, fully vaccinated or they had people on staff uh that would get you vaccinated and then get you a tick pass like how cool is that that is the best possible way to make sure that everybody that is attending your show is 100 percent safe they had tons of security at the doors to make sure that nobody was just walking in through the the hotel halls and there's this thing spans over four hotels uh downtown i think five now i'm not 100 sure um but you can walk around outside for free. Obviously, if you want to go check out the stuff, you have to pay the pass and get in. Uh, but it felt very safe, very cool. I had an absolute blast. If there's one thing that uh, Megacon does right, it is their horror section of their show. Now, this is also a multi-faceted uh, horror convention, or I guess a uh, fandom convention with sci-fi, fantasy, horror, uh, you name it, gaming, it is there. Um, I can't think that the crew enough, the Dan and everybody else that works out at uh, uh, DragonCon does a really good job of putting this on. And it was getting very close to being canceled this year. And from what I've seen, nobody uh, that I know got uh, sick and everybody had a great time. And everything stays very, very safe. And I just cannot thank DragonCon enough. Um, I got to meet some great people. Just take a, a nice like little just vacation away from Florida and just enjoy myself out there. People were partying during the nights. It was just all around a great time, but still stayed masked up, you know, just in case. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, I think we're almost out of the weeds. I think we're almost there, guys. I think 2022 will be the year. Um, there is the uh, art show is out there that you can go into anytime. Tons of uh, tracks. I went to the horror track. Uh, which had a lot of really great guests from the show that were out there. Uh, a lot of writers. Just Dragon Con is just all around one of the best shows, and I cannot wait to attend next year. Next up is Spooky Empire. Yes, we went to Spooky Empire here in Orlando, Florida. This is our uh, local horror con every single year. There are two horror cons. The first convention is uh, Phasmagoria, Phantasmagoria, I think it's called, uh, and then there's Spooky Empire towards the end of October. Uh, usually Spooky Empire is the bigger of the horror cons uh, and they did a really good job with this one out at the Hyatt 
uh, here in Orlando, right off uh, International Drive. Like I said, Kathleen and Jimmy was there. Uh, Robert England, Freddy Krueger. Uh, I was really excited to meet Shirlene Flynn from uh, Finn from Twin Peaks uh, and uh, Boxing Helena. She was amazingly sweet. I, it was one of those things that, like, I wasn't sure if I would even go to Spooky. Uh, I didn't even ask for, you know, a, a press pass to get in. Like, I just saw Sterling was there, and I just paid my entry, and I was just excited to see her. Um, and the rest of the show was pretty cool, too. I got to see uh, some friends do a burlesque show. Um, you know, their witch burlesque show was really cool. They also had, like, it was like Pumpkinhead Girls, and, and Pennywise was dancing, and it was just a really good time. Um, the dealer's room was great. I met a ton of really great dealers and I'm going to rattle you guys off some really cool people, uh, to go check out some of their stuff. Uh, Jimmy Menendez, he does, uh, really cool stickers and pins. I got a fun Brack pin from him that says beans on it, but it looks kind of a horror-esque demented. He was really cool. Very awesome stuff. He has their, uh, Dark Heart Creations. Uh, it has really cool sewing little pieces, uh, AM Boutique as well. Uh, let's see. We got Natty Black. Check out nattyblack.com. Xanti Jewelry. There, I saw them out at Dragon Con. Actually, uh, I got a, um, <laughs> I got a, uh, oh, Jackie Daytona from What We Do in the Shadows uh, COVID mask that I thought was pretty neat. Uh, he was selling those on top of tons of jewelry. Uh, I got, I think, my mom uh, for her birthday some uh, Hangman Noose and uh guillotine earrings which i thought was pretty cool so check out zanti z-a-n-t-i jewelry uh com uh, michaela jones was out uh she does rise of the glitch cats uh art so check that stuff out there um also vhs video horror summer uh this is from the october academy they're doing their own line of t-shirts and i got a uh, uh it's a Reanimator meets the real Ghostbusters shirt where it's a uh, Ray Animator. Get it? The Ray Animator. So it's Egon with the 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 needle and Ray's head in the pan. It was it was too good not to pass up. I made sure to grab that. Um, also got these really cool custom lighters. Uh, they are really neat. Uh, they're they're lighter covers basically. This one's a, a from a, the pumpkin from uh, Halloween. They also do a Judith Myers uh, Zippo cover. Uh, really cool stuff. So yeah, a lot of really great vendors out at uh, Spooky Empire. They always bring it. I always say, like, even if you're fall, like coming from out of town, you're going to see a ton of really great uh, artists displaying their works at the show on top of everything else. They always have an amazing uh, uh, tattoo room as well. Uh, so yeah, that's mainly all the shows that I went to in, in 2021. It's been kind of difficult, but I still managed to get in uh, some of my favorite shows, including Megacon, Spooky Empire, and DragonCon. Um, and I want to thank them uh, for, for putting their shows on and keeping things very safe. Everybody was really good. Uh, let's hope for even better shows next year. All right, guys, let's move into Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> Some say he's the one behind every scream. Some say he only comes out every few years. And some say he's closer than you think. <laughs> to mark 
the event's 30th year, Jack is back at Universal's Halloween Horror Nights. And this year, he's everywhere. In a haunted house, in the dark where you least expect. But the one place he's sure to be is... In your nightmares! <laughs> That's right, Halloween Horror Nights is back for its 30th year this year. And uh, Jack's back. And not just Jack. But also Chance and all the rest of the icons. This was supposed to be the big year last year. Technically, last year was Halloween Horror Nights 30. But obviously, like I've said, with like a broken record, COVID kind of killed that last year. So all we got was like a kind of a Halloween Horror Nights light where they had two houses they had already built and let you kind of walk in in the middle of the day. So day guests could experience this. It kind of ruined things for the licensing houses, though, like things like Beetlejuice and... and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which were houses that were already built and couldn't even be seen by the public eye. Uh, luckily, towards the end of the run last year, uh, like, I think it was like a day before Halloween or like maybe like November 2nd or 3rd or something, they opened the Beetlejuice house by contractual to at least run it one day. Uh, so people got to check it out for the sneak peek last year. But luckily, this year, everything is up and running at its full 100% capacity as much as it could technically we'll get more into that in a bit um, but let's just run down the houses so far so we already know that Universal Orlando has a huge thing with Netflix uh, from having Stranger Things and other contractual uh, houses this year is Haunting of Hill House um, there's also Beetlejuice from Warner Brothers the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from, I guess, New Line Cinema. I don't even know who owns Texas Chainsaw anymore. <laughs> uh, Universal Monsters, The Bride of Frankenstein Lives. Obviously, Universal has that one. Uh, and then we're going to go into the uh, kind of the unique houses, the houses that are uh, made by the creative team, which is uh, Halloween Horror Nights Icons Captured. Uh, this house has all, you know, each, each two or three rooms are dedicated to the icons of past Halloween Horror Nights. Um, the next one is Welcome to Scary Horror in the Heartland Details so it's like Carrie like or not Carrie the movie but Carrie the town in Carrie bad things just happen no one escapes from the small town beset by an endless parade of bloodthirsty creatures and maniacs kind of feels very uh, you know like a you know, fallout like everything's set in like the 40s and 50s uh, just with a little bit of horror twist tied to it. Next up is Case Files Unearthed Legendary Truth. Follow the trail of a private eye as an investigation into a supernatural leads you into a dark world of ghouls and terrifying creatures. Then the wicked growth realm of the pumpkin. There's no breaking free from the vines of the pumpkin lord here to entrap you in your ever-growing evil. And last, oh, there's two more, sorry. Uh, puppet Theater, Human Puppet. They want to turn you into a human puppet. That's your cure. A scream. Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. The innocent traditions of the Tooth Fairy hide a darker ritual. It's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. All right, so let's rate these things by scares, shall we? We're going to do these live. I didn't come up with them earlier, but as I went through them, boy, was that sitting in the back of my head. What are the scare levels for all of these? So we're going to go right down with the lights and stuff. Uh, Haunting a Hill House. This house was actually pretty terrifying on top of gorgeous. Um, Universal always knocks it out of the park whenever they do big giant facades. 
uh, the entrance way of walking into these houses. I've seen photos from Halloween Horror Nights over in California, and it is abysmal. It is so sad compared to Orlando's. Like the budget of the team working on the concept of what these outside buildings look like uh, is insane here in Orlando. You go to California, it's like they literally just hang a a big billboard up that you walk through not the same walking to a billboard of a haunted house than it is literally watching lightning hit a haunted house with water falling down it uh, with rain there's also parts of this house uh, obviously there's parts with a broken neck lady and, and little uh, tricks and treats for you all there's one moment where the room is completely black and I haven't seen this in a long time where not even an exit sign is lit up like it's just like head down this hallway and it's completely dark and it freaks me the fuck out uh, and uh, I think that was the, honestly the scariest part was just walking and not knowing what was going to happen uh, still a great house uh, uh, one out of five skulls I would give this house a solid four out of five skulls Beetlejuice gorgeous this is probably one of the, the biggest ones that people were looking forward to most this year um, kind of sad on the facade kind of sad on the, the dinner table scene I would imagine the dinner table scene would have been really big and huge uh, you know, like people dancing and like the whole thing and then when gags with the hand coming out of the uh, the bowl and pulling their faces in like things like that. No, I guess you play a specter going through the house. So the dinner table scene is on the ceiling of the of the room and there's no people in it. It's just kind of like, well, why? Uh, apparently the, there's a sandworm at the end. I completely missed that. The thing with Horror Nights is that the, you can have good runs and you can have bad runs. Sometimes you can go through and you see everything that pops out. It's great and it's wonderful and you, you got everything. Sometimes there's bad runs where you're in a conga line and you're slowly just kind of going through the conga line and you see the scare happen in front of you and it scares the person and then it's your turn and you're going through and they just stand there and wait. And then as you pass by, the scare happens again and it gets the person behind you and it's it's kind of a bummer when that happens. Uh, Beetlejuice looks great. The whole house felt like you were inside Tim Burton's Beetlejuice. Only problem was not very scary. But then again, like, were you really looking for scares in the Beetlejuice house? Uh, I give this house a two and a half out of five skulls. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Technically, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. There's a lot of Chop Top in this house. I was actually surprised to see Chop Top. Although, they can't do a fun Chop Top. They have to have a mask of Chop Top because of COVID rules. There's a lot of clear plastic separating you from the characters because of COVID. Um... So, uh, I guess Chop Top just wore a plastic mask over his face that would look like Chop Top. And it, it kind of works, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Leatherface is still obviously terrifying as Leatherface. Uh, this house smells of gasoline, barbecue, and pure shit. Which you'd imagine would be so. Like, that's kind of what you want to get out of a Texas Chainsaw house. I thought it was really cool. I think it was pretty fun. Uh, nothing really is, really is happening right now with the Texas Chainsaw license. So this is like the only bit of Ch Texas Chainsaw happening in 2021. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give this one three out of five skulls. Moving on to Universal's Bride of Frankenstein Lives. I did this house last year. Like I said before, it was one of the houses that was open earlier. Um, but I was definitely down to go through it again and again. Anytime I went with anybody this year, um, it was... It's amazing. It this 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 house is what the movie should be. They should just make okay. So here's the story: uh, the Bride of Frankenstein. After the, the events of the uh, second film, where the castle crashes down and everybody just kind of perishes, we belong dead. And he pulls the lever, and the whole house the castle crashes down. And everybody dies at the end. 
Well, this takes place right afterwards. You're literally walking into the house and you look through these like little broken holes in the wall and it shows you the castle in black and white breaking down scenes from the movie. And then you turn the corner and there's Bride of Frankenstein and she's on top of all this rubble and Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monsters laying there dead. And she's trying to pick up this gigantic wooden beam and it's so heavy and you could see her lift it up and she just drops it back down on them and does her scream as lightning crashes it's just like easily easily one of the coolest openings to any house i've ever seen at howling horror nights um so what does she do she wants to bring her husband back she wants to bring him back to life and there are vampires that she's finding that she can drain the blood from the vampires to pump it back through Frankenstein and make him live again. And you're getting projections, silhouettes of her like working on Frankenstein and, and vampires are all out there coming out and screaming at you and popping out of coffins. And she has like a vampire like on a bloodletting area where you can see like she's in a, a guillotine and like all these red tubes are all tied to it. And they're just bloodletting all the vampires and some of the vampires are breaking loose. and. It is just the coolest fucking thing. Make this the movie. I want to see a movie where they pick up right after Bride of Frankenstein and just keep it in that theme, make it intense. And oh my God, it just writes itself. It's like, that's that's the movie. Why have we not got that movie? All right, I'm going to stop talking about that. Five out of five. The Bride of Frankenstein Lives is a five out of five house. I loved it. HHN icons captured. This is obviously the house full of icons. Uh, the director, the caretaker, the storyteller, Jack Chance and Lady Luck are all back this year. And in their own houses, they obviously have themed houses in each room uh, tied to one. And then at the very end of the house on the big king or queen throne, uh, you got it was kind of like a random like somebody would be might be the director it might be the caretaker it might be Jack who knows uh, I got Jack on my run so I kind of thought, thought that was normal I figured he was just the king of the ceremony thing and then somebody else was like oh my god it's Jack holy crap uh, <laughs> so that was pretty cool um, I would give this one that was a three and a half out of five stars it was a pretty good house uh, welcome to scary horror in the heartlands details I thought this house is pretty cool although too quick the house is very quick. You go in and out of it very fast. It's kind of where House of the Thousand Corpses was in the Blumhouse house. Um, a very good uh, thought and detail, but like, again, I, I, think, I thought it was a little too quick. Uh, there was some stuff from HR Blood and Guts from past years. Uh, this is all horror nights inside trade kind of stuff. But if you're just new to the whole thing, it's a cool little small town horror house. Uh, I'd, I'd give it three out of uh, five skulls. Case Files Unearthed. This felt like walking into a um, a Lovecraftian board game, uh, you know, like the, the the private eye detective stuff. You see this stuff all the time in horror, uh, more or less in novels and comic books. Um, just that that private eye detective going after something strange. I thought this was like easily next to the coolest house next to Bride of Frankenstein. So many cool things happened. You're walking under floorboards. You know, you get that vibe, that old 40s, 30s vibe of, you know, uh, detectives looking for something, uh, something more, something uh, supernatural. And I just thought the practical effects in this thing were amazing. Uh, this was definitely a four and a half out of five skull house. Next up, the Wicked Growth Realm of the Pumpkin. Uh, this is probably everyone's favorite house of the year. If you love Halloween, if you love jack-o'-lanterns, if you love creatures coming out of the, the mud and into an old uh, uh, cornfield, I feel like the Wicked Growth is right up your alley. Uh, it's a Halloween well lover's dream. 
uh, really cool little facade walking into the tents with all the pumpkins. Anytime Universal does anything with pumpkins, I feel like people love it. Uh, this one is a four out of five for me as well. Uh, great house, wonderful vibes. If you guys are gonna do it this weekend, hit it up at least twice before it goes because it's gonna be a, a rare one we might not see back again. Puppet Theater, this is a really cool house. Uh, obviously a puppet theater that has been uh, condemned. The floors are broken in and like there's like a truck pushed down into like, so you're at the, the bottom level seeing the, the theater up above you. Really cool, like again, the facades and and attention to detail. Like that's what Universal does best. The characters are fine, they're great, that's whatever. But the attention to detail in these houses just looks amazing. This house is nothing short of a great house. Uh, this was going to be a three out of five skull house. Last but not least, Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. A Tooth Fairy story told uh, with a little bit of a horror edge to it. Uh, reclaiming the teeth of little children. Uh, I like the storybook act, uh, atmosphere of this whole thing. It sounds very familiar to something that I wrote uh, a while back, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but just very cool, very neat, uh, but kind of was a little bit lackluster and just the, the scare. I don't know if that was the plexiglass or the plastic that was covering the scare zones, uh, but yeah, that was kind of a bummer. Uh, this is a two out of five skull house. Howling Horror Nights uh, was pretty fun. I will say that the streets were probably the worst streets that the, the event has ever had. Um, I'd imagine that has a lot to do with COVID as well and just preparing and things you can put out on the streets. But I guess like in their giant New York area, there's usually uh, like something really big. So they'll do like the purge and there's like, you know, helicopter sirens and lights and zombie apocalypse. And you feel like you're in the city and you're running away from monsters that are attacking you. And it just has this horror element. This year it was like stormtroopers, not Disney stormtroopers. Like they looked like stormtroopers, like spacemen outfits. And they're coming to like reclaim bodies and like take them and put them away and hack off the the limbs. I don't know. I didn't go to the press night this year, so I didn't get the full detail story on it. But it just it was like and then they had like the helmets on, but then they had like faces on the helmets. And that was the thing, too. Like if you were a character on the street, like they put fake faces on people's faces. So they looked like they had like this bulbous floating head on their faces. It was just a bad look. Even people that were like vampires in Hollywood. Uh, they had like masks over their vampire teeth, so you couldn't see their, that they were vampires. They just looked like an angry person. It was, it was just a poor choice, but I get it. It was a hard year for everybody to try and like kudos to them for even trying something, trying to even bring this whole thing back. I know Crypt TV had a scare zone as well. Um, most people don't even know what Crypt TV was, but I think it was probably the best commercial for Crypt TV. <laughs> like people there was like trailers playing and characters and i feel like people left horror nights going i gotta figure out what this crypt tv thing's all about um so yeah horror nights is pretty okay this year i definitely hope it picks things up next year i'd imagine they probably drop the number thing because now that we've hit howling horror nights 30 uh i don't see them going 31 32 33 i mean they're just gonna do it every year so i think it'll just be howling horror nights i'd love to see them reinvigorate the just the you know reimagine the whole thing you know, like we've had Jack, we've had the, the icons for so many years, and it was great the fans finally got the icons back. Um, but I think it's time for a new image lift in Howling Horror Nights. Or who knows, that might just kill the whole fucking thing. Wouldn't that be a bummer? <laughs> who knows? But all I know is I'm very excited to check out next year's event, and uh, we'll see what happens with it. Thank you guys for listening. All right. I think it's time, guys. Let's talk Halloween Kills. Next Halloween, when the sun sets and someone is alone, 
Alright, let's talk about Halloween Kills. Now, everybody is very divided on this one, I feel. Um, I think it is definitely the, and I'm not saying this because I loved it, the Empire Strikes Back for horror fans. Now, if anything, it's the Rise of Skywalker for horror fans, for most of you anyways. Uh, but some of you dug it out there. Um, for those of you who don't know, Michael Myers in the last Halloween reboot 2018, uh, Michael Myers perishes uh, in the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, Laurie Strode's home. She basically makes like a, a fortress where she traps Michael, uh, her daughter and her granddaughter. I'll get even with Michael, keep him in the basement. They lock him inside, set the building on fire and leave. And that is how the first one ends. This one picks up with them being driven away, seeing fire trucks going towards the building, them screaming to let it burn. Obviously, Michael Myers gets out, sees a bunch of firemen, and does his way with them. Now, this is probably the coolest moment from the movie, is watching Michael Myers kill a bunch of firemen. Because I think he goes hard, man. This dude is angry. One thing I've noticed about this movie is that it definitely brings the brutality that was in Rob Zombie's Halloween films. And I think that was like one of the big things that people actually liked about Rob Zombie's films, is that Michael was actually very menacing and terrifying because he was very strong. Uh, so I, we saw a lot of, of that in this, even though Michael's not too huge, he's not Tyler Mayne's size, um, but you know, he still gets, he still makes some damage happen. Um, now the, the say the story is, is a lot of it's new. Now we're going to get into spoiler territory. If you haven't seen the new Halloween kills, uh, maybe you stop listening and come back to this after you've seen it, but if you don't care, then continue listening. Um, this movie adds, and then this is a surprise um, like element for a lot of us, they add more moments from the original Halloween movie. They, they lit the same scenes. They go back in time. We see Lonnie as a child right after, you know, hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. And like he's getting apparently Lonnie, the bully who's picking on, uh, you know, all the other kids. Now, he has a bully that's picking on him. Uh, we find out where Michael Myers has gone after he left the first movie, which kind of is, I don't know, like the ending to the first movie is perfect. Michael Myers falls, Loomis looks down, he's gone. That's that's the ending of that movie. Uh, to have him being like, he's gone, but now he's just walking around and going other places and stuff. It's kind of like, oh, kind of makes that ending very anticlimactic. Of course, obviously Halloween 2018 flipped it on its head and... Michael Myers looked over to the balcony and then Laurie Strode was gone. So they've been playing around with that whole thing. Uh, there's the moment where you see the dead dog inside the house. Um, there's two cops that basically go into the house to check things out. Uh, and of course, you know, one of them gets uh, apprehended by Michael Myers. And then the other one is holding a gun and he's terrified if he should shoot or not. Uh, that, that whole That whole thing's a mess. Uh, but I, you know, I appreciate them going back and, and filming some of these things. It's a really cool little side timeline to check out, you know. Um, as for the rest of the film, uh, we do see the uh, Lonnie's son. We find out that Lonnie's son is the jerk kid who threw the cell phone in the cheese dip in the last movie. Uh, and boy, does he get his. <laughs> They do away with it pretty good. Now, there's a lot of moments that just this movie feels very chaotic. It is very much a Tommy uh, Tommy Jarvis film. Tommy Jarvis being, oh wait, not Tommy Jarvis. Oh my God, I'm getting my my 
Nightmare or my holy crap, my Nightmare on Elm Street. My Friday the 13th mixed with my Halloween. A Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle, uh, it's very centered on Tommy Doyle. He's older now. He's played by the kid from the Breakfast Club movie. Um, and you know they're all hanging out they all have this like therapy session that they go to every year with each other and they're all you know and the the nurse is there for some reason why the nurse from another town would be hanging out in Haddonfield where everybody got killed is beyond me and she's hanging out with Tommy and Lindsay and um and Lonnie and then of course they find out that you know that Michael Myers is back but they're not going to take it anymore they're going to put authority into their own hands even sheriff Brackett, annie's dad is is there and he's very he's very elderly still working for the police department <laughs> and uh there's the whole evil dies tonight thing and it is so cheesy it is so hokey even when other people say it it just sounds really bad and it's just like the it's very chaotic they also think they, they found michael myers inside a hospital and the hospital scene's so chaotic. It's just, you look around while you're watching this movie, you're like, what the hell is happening? Um, there's just a lot going on. And of course, obviously, it's not Michael Myers. It's uh, somebody else that was on the bus that was, he was on. And they kind of don't really give that up really like, easily. They must say it real fast because I think both times I watched it, I missed it. And they're just automatically going after this poor man who's running away. And they, you know... They coax him into jumping off and killing himself of the hospital. Um, and, oh God, this movie is just so, there's so much. There's so much that happens. There's the big John, little John thing with the, the, the gay couple that lives in the house. There's the other couple that's playing with the drone in their house, which that was a pretty cool death, but just kind of everything feels very disconnected, disjointed, just happening to happen, you know? Uh, it was one of the cool things from the, 2018 film was that Michael Myers was just going to house to house and killing. He didn't have a drive or a reason like he's going after Lori Strode. I think that's what they try to continue in this movie. Um, it just, if you don't watch them back to back, it's kind of like, why, why are we watching this couple now? Why are we watching this couple right now? Um, but you know, I know some people that really like the big John, little John thing and it's, they, they kind of enjoyed it. Um, you know, in the end, and then of course at the, we'll fast forward to the end here at the end, uh, you know, the, the town of Haddonfield gets their way with Michael and they beat him down to the ground and they kick and they punch and they stab him in the back. And, Hooray, we did it. And of course, that doesn't work. And Michael gets back up and kills everybody. There's even a woman with an iron. She's there for pressing reasons. Anyway, so. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's definitely an empire strikes back kind of thing where there's still one more to go and that's kind of what ruins a horror movie and a slasher too is that you know there's gonna be three films so michael's not gonna die in the first one he's not gonna die in the second one so we weren't expecting michael to die in this one and he, likely so he gets up now my theory is that obviously michael myers is no longer tied to laurie stroden so what we see in the first film is it's a laurie stroden movie Lori is being attacked by Michael. She's been waiting for this day and has her whole house um, guarded up to the nines in, in floodlights and ammunition and guns. Um, and she does it. She she gets him in the basement. She lights him on fire. That was Lori Strode's revenge from terrorizing her as a babysitter. This movie, Halloween Kills, is more about Tommy Wallace's character. So... Wait, we see we we meet him. He's he's getting revenge. He gets his, the baseball bat from around the the bar that he has no business being behind it. By the way, uh, 
and you know does his thing he, he brings he rallies Haddonfield to go after Michael Myers now we don't see Lindsay Wallace die she gets attacked but she does not die I believe that Halloween ends will end with with Lindsay it'll end with Lindsay and it'll be her story the film will be more about Lindsay you know uh, obviously Lori Strobe will still be there in, in great fashion some other people from Haddonley, Halloween but I think it'll be Lindsay's story and she's a great actress she's she did pretty well in this movie and it, to say the least from everybody else because uh, Michael C. Hall's acting was just atrocious in this movie uh, along with a bunch of other people just the acting was really bad um, but uh, fun kills in the end guys gals I'm not looking for poetry in a Halloween movie you know what I mean now, it was different last time because Halloween 2018 was just taking the mantle of Halloween. And I wanted to see Halloween told in a different in a different way. We're going to erase all the sequels and we're only going to have the first movie and we're going to do this new Halloween movie. And for it, to, that was such a ballsy move. And for that movie to be as not great as it was kind of upset me. If you don't know, go back and listen to my Halloween review. I, I think I did the review right after watching the movie in my car. Uh, but Halloween Kills, uh, you know, I wasn't looking into it much and I actually enjoyed it more than 2018. Uh, it has some rough edges. It's not a great movie by any chance, but it's still like, it's right up there with like Halloween five and Halloween six curse of Michael Myers. Like I'd say I like it more than curse of Michael Myers, if that means anything. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, in the end, I'm always going to love Michael Myers. I'm going to love the series. I'm gonna love John Carpenter soundtracks to them, and I'm going to see every single one the day they come out. Like they're just they're they're my kind of flicks. Uh, I'm just happy that people care about them and they love putting stuff in them. And David Gordon Green's giving us his shot with them, and we're even getting Danny McBride's really weird writing for people in Haddonfield. But you know what? I'm just glad they're still happening, unlike the Friday the Thirteenth movies. All right, I could honestly talk about Halloween and Halloween's franchise for forever. And I won't do that to you all. Uh, we're going to move right into uh, some reviews on some things that have come out recently. Some movies, some shows, some games. So let's just jump right into those. Obviously with Halloween comes uh, some Halloween DLC for video games. Overwatch is doing its Junkenstein's Revenge this year. Uh, basically this will be the last one before Overwatch 2 releases. We're getting some uh, uh, Roadhog evil clown skins and uh, uh vampire hunter brigitte pretty pretty neat little costumes and uh that's that's really about it for drunken sense revenge i can't wait to see what the halloween event will be in overwatch 2 dead by daylight's adam michaela's character she is a witch type character and for halloween you can go around and kick some pumpkins uh get some extra blood points and unlock her actual witch her halloween witch outfit which looks pretty cool uh vampire the masquerade blood hunt just came out that game's a lot of fun it's kind of like a uh day not daisy more like PUBG mixed with fortnite but without the building the fort part uh but it's a set in a gothic universe uh very reminds a prog reminds you very much of a vampire the masquerade you know wet uh alleyways uh, rooftop running nightclubs the whole nine yards but you're it's you versus 50 other players left in this world and you can team up with players and work together or go head to head uh, I'm very bad at it, but I want to get good at it. And I love Vampire the Masquerade, so I want to see more uh, stuff come to that game. It looks pretty fun. 
Aliens Fireteam Elite just came out. This is a Xenomorph shoot 'em up. Uh, very much uh, a welcomed entry to the franchise, especially after Colonial Marines bombed really horribly. Uh, this is a game where you and three other players can team up, or two other players can team up, and you go against waves of Xenomorphs. And we get Xenomorphs like the stuff we got out of, you know, the action figure line. So there's like the Bull Xenomorph and Spitter Xenomorphs. Kind of remind you of Left 4 Dead, but for aliens. I highly recommend this game. It's a lot of fun. Not very involved, but, you know, just enough to just be intriguing. And there's DLC coming out uh for pretty much for the, throughout the ne rest of next year so check out aliens fire team elite back for blood just finally came out it's no longer an alpha it's no longer in beta we got the full thing and i don't have any time for it uh <laughs> i love it to death i'm playing the hell out of it whenever i can uh i can't wait to dive more into it probably in the november month um it's it's a solid uh, version of left for dead uh obviously not as iconic with the, the storyline or memorable with the characters uh, but it's still great, man. It's it's solid, and you're getting the newest uh, gameplay additions to it. Um, and they're always uh, working on it, Turtle Rock, and it's great. I love Back for Blood. It's it's a good time. Uh, the Dark Pictures House of Ashes just came out. This is uh, the Dark Pictures, the guys that put out Until Dawn, Man of Medine, um, and Little Hope. Uh, this is the ending of their first season, though, of these games, and they're like live-action horror games. Uh, Little Hope starred that one kid that was in, um, oh god, what's his name? He's, he's me the new Adam Warlock in the Marvel movies, and uh, meet the Robinsons, Feebles, I don't know. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, Hayden Panettiere was in Until Dawn. They usually get one big actor or actress in these, um, and this one was like some girl from a Disney movie, or high school musical i didn't really know who she was but people knew who she was when we were when i was streaming the game which by the way i stream games monday through friday uh 10 p.m to 3 a.m so be sure to check out horror underscore guy uh that's where i'll be streaming things every single week we do horror movie nights as well uh it's uh, the discord is called mutes and monsters but it's all part of the everyday is Halloween podcast network so if you'd like to stay in touch and be up to date on cool things and do hangouts each night and movie nights uh, be sure to join the mutants and monsters discord obviously i'll have links all throughout the the stream tonight for those um so yeah that covers video games for the halloween season uh let's take a look at movies and tv so i just want to start off by saying malignant is probably one of the best movies of all time Yes, that's right. I am a malignant stan. I thought James Wan's Malignant was the f most fun, crazy, balls-to-the-wall film I have seen in forever. Uh, obviously, most movies with a script like this would never uh, see the, the budget that it did. Obviously, this was stipulation between James Wan and Warner Brothers to get something like this made. I'd believe it'd be something like, hey, I've made you X amount of dollars with aquaman and the conjuring movies uh you know i can i i made the the fast and the furious uh movie i made insidious films i deserve uh let me do whatever i want to do and i promise it'll bring in money so they said sure here's a blank track you make your crazy horror movie and hopefully it doesn't bomb sure enough it does not it does pretty well. Uh, it was on HBO Max. Uh, you know, obviously they're trying. Warner Brothers trying to help out that as well, uh, trying to get stuff on there. And I think it pr probably did fared very well on HBO Max. Um, this movie was marketed like a typical uh, James Wan fashion woman in a uh, big house running around, brunette hair. Uh, you know, just kind of doing the haunted house thing. And it's kind of like that's all you needed to know going into it because you knew literally nothing. 
and the things that conspire in this film and open up literally is just it was so good and so fun and so action-packed and like it's like giallo cheesy and i never thought i'd see giallo cheesy coming from like a, a, a like multi-million dollar film at warner brothers like the, it's just the fact this movie was made it's just i know i keep saying that but just it blows me away i love this movie it, it goes crazy weird places and gets hardcore sci-fi uh the red letter media guys said they weren't sure if it was the best or worst movie of the year <laughs> and that just speaks to me on so many levels as a horror fan uh, I cannot get enough of it. Uh, I think James Wan is—he is, knows what the hell he's doing. You know, obviously, the the house itself is, is uh, like the sets are always way too big than what a normal person's home would be like. Uh, but the fact that he just wrote in a malignant little monster hiding in somebody is just—oh my god! Just you gotta check it out. I know that might have been even saying too much, but if you haven't seen it, check it out. If you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, put this character in Dead by Daylight, please. Put the malignant woman in Dead by Daylight. I would love that. Um, yeah, other than that, not a lot of horror movies. We'll have more movies in the next month's uh, review stream. This month's been all about television. Let's dive into some of these television shows. Um, for instance, What We Do in the Shadows is just uh, ending its season right now, and it's better than ever. I freaking love this show. I think it's so funny. Uh, Carl, Carl Robinson's uh, character gets a lot more time in this. The Siren episode, the Atlantic City episode... They're just so funny. And Takawa Titi and his crew, like they just know what they're doing with the series. And I will be sad when it goes back into hi hiatus, but please let this show go on forever. I'm wondering how they'll write around them aging. You know what I mean? Like vampires don't age. Yet you have a television series with vampires. How's that going to get written into? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, Midnight Mass came out on Netflix. Surprised a lot of people. Uh obviously um you know the writer of midnight mass has done other things for netflix and has done great for them obviously a lot of people have heard they uh, yo that's the guy that did hell house of course i'll watch uh midnight mass okay and then they watch it and they see how very monologue driven it is and christian uh sermon heavy it is um i was a kid who went to sunday school and had to deal with that crap uh in the beginning of my life and uh so having it back is kind of like terrifying because it's it's a great way of finding out who um who the real demons are who you know we we pass off christianity as such a and if you're christian i'm totally not dogging on you or anything you believe what you want to believe in but uh, a lot of people take christianity for their own gain and for their own reasons and turn it into something more vile and something evil and i think that that among a lot of other things kind of gets brought up in this series and i think it's just wonderful how they portray angels or what they think are angels either way it's just it was it was a really good probably one of the best uh television series i watched this year highly recommend that along with the other netflix jam squid game which i'm sure you're all probably sick of hearing about by now but you gotta admit that that was probably one of the best ways of doing a battle royale um a current day battle royale type uh scenario you know to be able to so if, if those of you don't know uh squid game is about a bunch of people who uh, are really in debt and get brought to uh, an area and are told that you know your debt can be relieved if you make it through these games and if you make it through these games you win all the money that everybody else has lost by losing their lives at these games and it gets to the point where they don't want to play anymore and they say sure go home you don't have to play anymore go home. We'll, we'll hold it again next year uh, you all let me know what you think 
we'll, we'll, we'll do it again next year. But if you guys want to play, you can play. So you give the people the option to leave, right? And then they realize how horrible real life is and how poverty just sucks for them. That they'd rather risk their lives now to maybe have a chance at living life wonderfully with all the money. So the people show back up to play the game where they can die at any moment. I think that's it's, it's so telling for uh, just the world we live in today and how extreme people are. Um, but it's it's very entertaining. The characters are, are lovable and wonderful, some of them anyways. Um, and I know a lot more people are watching Korean and, and, and Chinese films now more than ever because of these certain things. It's opening doors. And I, I really appreciate that. I've been watching subtitled stuff since I was in middle school with the anime and, and, and Japanese movies. So it's nice to see the mainstream catching on. Um, Muppets Haunted Mansion, I thought not that great. I love the Muppets and I love Haunted Mansion. And I was hoping this would be like the, um, the Muppets Christmas Carol of Halloween. Like I really wanted that, you know, great pumpkin Charlie Brown to Charlie Brown's Christmas. And it's not that. It's just a lot of lame cameos and a lot of CG backgrounds. And just the budget was so extremely low that they even made fun of it in the special. Um, I know some people enjoy it. That's great. I'm glad that you do. I just was, I was very bored to it. And it was kind of a bummer. Uh... We got our new Treehouse of Horrors from The Simpsons. Some really cool episodes in there. Probably the most gory I've seen it in a while. You'd think with Disney owning The Simpsons that the Treehouse of Horrors would kind of start to falter. Uh-uh. No way. I think uh, Millhouse shows up as Thumper and Bart's Bambi. And then Millhouse gets his head blown off and his foot's still thumping. And then his foot gets blown off. So that kind of just sets the, the tone of what you're going to get through that uh, Treehouse of Horrors. It was really good. I enjoyed this series. Chucky the series just came out. Uh, we're finally seeing uh, Don Mancini get his 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 story told on the television screen. Uh, it has little bits of influence of his his uh, story growing up. Uh, he's carrying Chucky around like Chucky doll. Obviously, he didn't carry Chucky around as a doll, um, but like Chucky's with him, and we're getting the whole story from like you know uh, Charles Lee Ray and Tiffany, and like that whole tale is in is continued in the series. Uh, so we're not getting Buddy from the Orion picture. That was uh. Yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> We're already on episode three. I think episode four airs tonight. Um, but yeah, it's going good so far. I'm enjoying it. Someone better to die soon, though. That's all I got to say. Um, we have Creepshow season three is ending. A lot of really good ones this season. I think season two is a little bit better for me. Um, but season three does definitely has some bangers in there as well. Um, pretty good stuff. American Horror Story and American Horror Stories just ended. Uh, American Horror Story was a double feature the first part was alien or uh, first part was vampires um there were talented vampires writers and musicians uh in a sleepy town beach town um that season wasn't too bad i think it was cut short due to covid um i think you can take a drink every time i say covid in this episode um and then the second part was uh was aliens it was all and that that's that part of the season just fell flat for me didn't do too too well um, seemed very like they had to film it during quarantine. Not a lot of people on set, empty rooms. I don't know. It was, it was whatever. Um, and then Day of the Dead on Sci-Fi. Uh, this is obviously a portrayal of uh, George Romero's Dawn of the, or Day of the Dead, the series, or Day of the Dead, the movie. Uh, they're just doing a pre prolonged version of this one. Um, it's not too great. It's very much a sci-fi original series kind of thing. But the one thing I did appreciate was that the zombies come alive everywhere so that means zombies that are in morgues zombies that are buried or dead bodies that are buried if you're a dead body you're coming back to life you don't have to be bit 
And that's one of the things I've always seen for the longest time is just the whole like, you bite that person, they're a zombie. You bite that person, they're a zombie. That's how it works. You know, it's like I haven't seen hands coming out of the graves and bodies pulling themselves up from the from the to in front of tombstones. It's been a long time, and that just felt really good. And the makeup effects in Day of the Dead are stellar. So I'm going to continue this series and hope that it, you know, it proves me wrong and becomes something very special. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's television and movies this month, guys. Guys, gals, ghouls and monsters alike. That is it for the 2021 Halloween special. I want to thank Halloween at High Noon uh, for supplying the music for this month, this month's show. This is uh, off their new album that came out this Halloween, Plasmatronic, which is available now on their Bandcamp page. I'll have a link below for that one as well. Um, more podcasts will be coming more fluently. Uh, fluently, the podcasts will be coming more uh, uh, frequently. Uh, throughout November, December, and the new year. We're going to be pushing the uh, the Patreon page. A lot of new events where we'll be getting together to watch movies, um, to play games together, and of course, kind of keep you guys up to know on the podcast. I'm thinking about doing a half-hour shows from now on to get more out there and, you know, to kind of stay relevant. I know it's it sucks whenever there's like no show for months and end, and then I cram everything into one full hour. Um, so that way we can, yeah, we can get more episodes. They'll be a little bit shorter and you can get more of them. Let me know what you think. Uh, email me at hallowseve365 at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any, uh, thing you want to talk about, anything you would like to promote, just let me know. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, guys, gals, please have a safe and happy Halloween and I will see you all next month. Stay scared. In its spell, that old black magic that you weave so well, those icy fingers up and down my spine. Same old witchcraft when your eyes meet mine, and down and down I go, round and round I go, like a leaf that's caught in the tide. When spoons are having it tight Jamboree They break it up with English glee Don't sit bad But the one that's cursed Is the headless horseman He's the worst When he goes jogging Across the land Holding his noggin in his hand Demons take one Look and groan And they hit the road For part to know He swears to the longest day He's dead those fingers in my hair that sly come hither stare that strips my conscience bare it's witchcraft cause it's witchcraft wicked witchcraft and although I know it's strictly taboo Heard strange noises coming from a house on the hill So I crept up to the window and looked over the sill My heart almost stopped, I nearly died of fright By the dim candlelight I saw the strangest sight There was Frankenstein and Dracula and Wolfman too Dancing with some zombies, what a ghastly crew. Viola the vampire was 
took my troubles down to Madame Rue. You know that gypsy with the gold cap too. She's got a pad down a pretty potent vine. Selling little bottles of love potion number nine. I told her that I was a flop with chicks. I've been this way since 1956. Creek and the two stones quake. Happy haunts materialize. And begin to vocalize. Grim brain ghosts come out to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide. Or a silly spook may sit by your side. Shrouded in a dark disguise. They pretend to terrorize. Grim brain ghosts come out to If you don't believe in vampires, turn up the radio. Have you ever thought your boyfriend might be a teenage ghoul? Pennsylvania 4, 5, 7, 8, 9. Who's that I see walking in these woods? Why, it's Little Red Riding Hood. Hey there, Little Red Riding Hood. You sure are looking good. You're everything a big bad wolf could want.
Hallows 365 production, part of the Everyday is Halloween and Mutes and Monsters service. <laughs>